Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast, and I am so glad you're here. Uh, we are going to focus on another part of self-care that I think is super important and something that a lot of times we put on the back burner. So I have an expert on fitness on the program today. Sarge Jean-Gilles is from Canada, say, same as I am. As a matter of fact, we were just discovering maybe like 100 miles down the road, not even 100 miles down the road from where I grew up. So, um, Sart, welcome to the program. We're so excited to have you here. And you are an online personal fitness coach. So tell us a little bit about your area of expertise and who you work with and why this is so important for you. Thank you so much for having me, Marty. I'm Sart Jean-Gil. I'm an online fitness coach. Like you say, I work with as a uh, personal trainer, kinesiologist, and uh, fitness behavior change coach. That's my main offer, which I love to um, help people with since uh, earlier this year. So yes, I help people online. I do personal training. So if they need you know, general um, training through the Zoom, I help them with that. Um, I also help them if they have some a chronic condition, for example, because as a kinesiologist, we can help people with over 25 different chronic conditions. And so if they need a specialized type of training, um, I always implore them, my clients, you know, help uh, connect me with your personal trainer, sorry, with your, with your, um, uh, with your physical therapist, and they can then you know, coordinate, or I'll send them information and, and we can have a more specialized type of exercise uh, and rehab routine for, for the clients. And then with the fitness behavior change, that's a new certification that I got uh, in April. And that's really helping people to change their mindset as it pertains to fitness, uh, exercise, um, and nutrition and other healthy habits like sleep. Um, You know, in Canada, we have the 24 hour movement guidelines, through and so it's really important that we look at everything holistically not just how many times are you exercising or like vigorously or or bouts of exercise um but what are you doing in terms of um activities of daily living what are you doing in terms of sleep hygiene and whatnot so that you know i incorporate that in my behavior change program 12-week program for people to really unlock um you know what's going on um, in terms of their mental and spiritual and, I mean, and emotional really, and, and how can they, um, you know, how can they incorporate a healthier uh, set of habits in their lives? And I think that is so important. Um, I work, uh, I work as a behavioral health coach, uh, temp- part-time, part-time. And one of the things that we really focus on is you have to change your mindset. You have to change how you think about things. And that's why that's why New Year's resolutions, which, you know, by now, um, because we're going to be this is going to come out in February. So by now in February, uh, most people are like, yeah, I remember I talked about losing weight in January, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm still having a burger every day and having a beer after work or a glass of wine. And all of a sudden 
those goals don't work. So can you tell us a little bit about the difference between um, uh, your behavioral fitness, behavioral coaching, kinesi- kinesi- I can never say that word. Kinesiology. Kinesiology. Thank you so much. Better and now. physical therapy, because I think people get confused. I do about what the different um, aspects of each one of those are. So can you highlight that a little bit for us? Okay. Okay. So personal training is, you know, people who just have general fitness um, goals in terms of weight loss and um, fitness, endurance and whatnot. Kinesiology is really the more academic side of things in terms of it's the study of human movement. So that entails the actually getting down to what is, you know, biomechanics, because the body is a machine, you know, what are the, you know, I did those labs with the stick figure guys on the computer way back when. Yeah. Um, And then the physiology. So, you know, I got, I got thrown in a dunk tank and they tested your buoyancy. And with that, you could tell with the, uh, with the um, equations in your buoyancy score, what, how much fat you had in your body. So the physiology, so, and then motor learning, because there's a, there's an aspect to how we learn to do different chains of movement um, and sociology of, of physical activity and stuff. So that's, that's what physical education became in most universities. So kinesiology is just the more academic side of things. Um, and again, like I said, at the beginning is that we help people with about 20, like over 25 different types of uh, chronic conditions. So we work alongside, you know, uh, personal trainers can too, but uh, physical therapists would, I I can honestly say that they would, they would be more comfortable working with a kinesiologist. That's what the personal trainers tend to take before they go into university. And so the kinesiologist would, um, work with the personal trainer as I have, or so with the, with the physical therapist and have the design, the, with, and of course, the physical therapist is is often designing most of the program, anyways. But we're we're overseeing the rehab at the physical therapy clinics in large part, um, and so that is kinesiology, and then fitness, and then personal. So uh, phys, physical therapy, they are the ones giving the manual therapy, um, and they, they can hand off things like the, I'm not sure if you've ever done the ultrasound. Right. Those things that I could do as a as a kin, but again, it's in a physio clinic. It's under the supervision of a physiotherapist, um, and different types of um, modalities to actually rehabilitate the the person's um, body um, to electrical stimulation and things of that nature. Manual therapy, so that's physical therapy, and then fitness behavior change. It's a new thing. Um, I'm getting a lot of, we're talking about it a lot in the uh, kinesiology space alongside a tangent is motivational interviewing. So um, fitness behavior change, as you know, it's, it's a way to help people to stack habits and uh, on a, on a gradual way in a gradual way, you know, in my program, we start large and then we, we can finish a lot more um, in the more refined way. Mm-hmm. So like um, just take pictures of your meals. Uh, it doesn't at the beginning, you don't even have to or you might not even ever have to count calories. And then maybe you can look at counting calories as an option. 
Um, that's an option I do give to my clients towards the end if they want, but it's not necessary. Um, I'm, I'm definitely thinking that, you know, a lot of my clients are, they might not, they might steer clear of it, but they might only, if, even if they do it, they might do it for a few weeks only to learn the concept of counting calories. It's not something that everyday people need to do. Um, and then we also do different types of, uh, coaching tools, uh, exercises to figure out what, who they are, what they are. It's the, the behavior change is really, uh, what's important is finding out what the why is, why do you want to lose weight or why do you want to get or gain weight? Why do you want to get fitter? Why do you want to, you know, it's maybe you have kids, maybe you have, so what are your values? Let's say so that you can have what we call adherence. And once you can, once you have that, um, once we do those exercises throughout my 12 week program, I'm finding that my clients have a lot more adherence. Um, they cl- it starts to click as to yeah. why yeah. I did a video yesterday about, you know, stop compartmentalizing your, your life so much. Like you can't just, you know, Oh, I've got this deadline or whatever. And at work, I can't exercise. Well, if you keep doing that, um, you're going to, it's going to be detrimental to you at work anyway. So you might as well exercise sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. might as well try and fit it in. So, that's what fitness behavior change uh, coaching is. And then I just said a motivational interviewing. That's just a, that's a strategy that people use that we've learned that I have a level, like a, a certain level of certification in. And that is the way that you ask questions in a nutshell, open-ended questions. Right. And how do you really keep the conversation going to, in order to uh, elicit the, 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 uh, the answers out of the client? Because the answers are always within. Right. Right. I love that. And I think that this like I'm with I'm completely with you on this because, um, you know, when I when I hear a lot of my clients are like, well, I've been married for 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. I don't feel really good about my body. I want to you know, I know I'm going to get back out into the dating world, maybe not right now, but I maybe in a year. And so they're so focused on some magic weight number like. typically what they were when they were 18 or they want to wear, they want to be able to fit in their wedding dress. Well, if you got married when you're 20 and you've had a few children, if you've gained weight and lost weight over the years, you know, your body shape changes over time even. So you're not, you know, yes, there's going to be some people who are going to be exactly the same as they were when they were 18, but it's the majority of most women. So can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit and I'm kind of throwing this one out at you. So I hope I hope this is okay. Can you talk about how to manage those kind of expectations? If you're a woman 40, 50, 60, 70, that's looking at yeah. making some of these changes, how mm-hmm. do you, what's realistic? What's what's not mm-hmm. setting yourself up for failure? Excellent question. So yes, I've worked a lot in the past few months with women over 40, um, some dealing or some, you know, different stages of divorce some of them um so yeah most of my women the women i've worked with are, are like they're peri- perimenopausal and up to menopausal so um for them like there was one the one of my clients she was really concerned about um her weight and i told her and then she and then we did the the bmi now big asterisk the BMI is not the be all and end all. Even the inventor of the BMI said this is not a uh, a health. I'm just doing math. He was just right. a he was just a guy in, during the Enlightenment, a Belgian guy, and he just did math, you know, along with other things, you know, Renaissance man. And so he did it for the king, I think. And 
he, he and, and but the healthcare system for some reason arbitrarily said 25 above that is overweight well no um in some of my in one of my binders <laughs> from the canadian society of exercise physiology we have a we have a table which shows bmi but with waist circumference uh, because once i showed her that and and her bmi wasn't even high and her waist circumference, like I told her, like, we need to look at notch and not, and it's not just waist circumference too. Um, let's be honest. It's also performance, how you're performing. Are you going out on your hikes? Are you doing your exercise? What is your blood work? What is your blood pressure? What is your um, resting heart rate? You know, those are all of the, those are many of the um, markers that we look at in terms of health. Yeah. And so you it's yes you can't compare yourself to how you were at a different stage mm-hmm. and you need to be realistic with um how you're going to onboard exercise how are you going to gradually increase your exercise i have got you know especially my you know my clients they're in middle age and a lot of them are thankful one client finished um lost 50 pounds in 24 weeks grateful that they were able to um do it now in their early 40s before so it's now is always the time, you know, the best time to plant the trees now. Yeah. The better time was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you just have to be realistic. And that is why you should definitely talk to um, a kinesiologist because we have a very tempered, uh, very seasoned view of health. It's not just about looking good on the like shape magazine cover. Right. For us, we're not the types to advertise ourselves by showing us, showing our abs, you know, really. Right. Uh, because we're coming from university. Yeah. And so we have a very um, realistic view and informed view of how you, you know, you should look at your regard, your physical health. Well, and the other thing, too, is and, and I can tell you, I I used to do this where I would have a particular event and I would know, let's say I was going to a wedding and I would know, OK, I you know, I want to look good when I get to that way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know I've got to drop 10 pounds. And I would yeah. literally do it in a month. I would I would yeah. do the cabbage soup diet or some crazy thing, like who knows mm-hmm. what, or only eat one meal a day and go to the gym five days a week and work out for an hour. And yeah, I lost that 10 pounds and I went to that event. But then after the event, when I went back to my old eating and I took myself off that restriction, I just gained back 10 pounds. I gained back maybe 15 and it was constantly, yeah. and it yeah. was, but gradually trending upward. So- what is that? Is that a, is that just me or is that a real thing? Um, so one thing is when people do uh, crash diets, a lot, often they, they are cutting the carbs, right? Right. And so when you cut the carbs, it's a carbohydrate. So there's water involved, carbohydrate. So when your body needs to, when your body stores uh, sugar, glucose in the form of glycogen, so it's like tightly packed in the, in the muscles, in the liver, you can store about five to 10 pounds of sugar in your body Wow! for those more bursts type exercises, right? The more short-term exercises, that's what it's for. Um, so you're going to easily, like if you go on the keto diet, you're going to easily melt off five to 10 pounds. If you've been eating rice and potatoes and bread, right? right. You're going to just the first week, 
and then it's going to come back on. So it's not necessarily fat. Um, and then, of course, if you're not strength training and and uh, yeah, I really want the uh, uh, the ladies to listen, because a lot of them often say, I don't want to get big. And so it's you're not going to get big. Yeah. You know, trust me, you're not going to get big. Um, if you lift weights, you're going to get shapely, honestly, because you're going to put on just that little bit of muscle. And when you put on that little bit of muscle, um, rather than not putting on that muscle over time, then your basal metabolic rate can stay or even increase. But pe- people are not strength training twice a week, right? Like, were you strength training twice a week? I, I, I do strength training now. I have done for several years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it, yeah. So if, if there's an increase in that, in uh, body fat over time, it's probably because we're not doing enough to keep the lean yeah. tissue okay. in the body because that's the metabolically active tissue. That's the tissue that you, that will burn fat when you're sitting down. Right. Um, so don't be afraid of strength training. Um, even quite heavy a couple times a week. It doesn't, you just have to do each muscle group for two rounds um, major muscle groups. So focus on the major lifts, the squat, the lunge, the deadlift, the, the overhead press, the chest press, you know, the, the, the pull up or pull that pull down where you're using more than one joint. Okay. So you can save time and you're working on the big muscles, the secondary joints, like the, like the tricep. Ex- I mean, you're going to do it with a press anyways. You don't need to do a tricep extension. It's like the smallest muscle you can work. Okay. Um, you know, so work on the big movements and you don't have to do it too often. But you know what? I love, I love, I'm so glad you said that. So thank you. Thank you. And for, for us older women, well, the strength training is super good for, um, to prevent osteoporosis and to help bone density and all that kind of good stuff too. Right. So, absolutely. and absolutely. can I ask you a question? I, I'm really, I'm really interested in this. I've been reading a lot about um, using yoga, especially uh, uh, your own body weight, like a lot of the exercises now, like even some Mm -hmm. of the, what is it? Mm -hmm. High intensity interval training stuff is just Mm -hmm. using your own body weight as the weight. Mm -hmm. Is is that Mm -hmm. as effective as actually lifting and things like that? Yes. So yes, absolutely. Because now you're going, it stimulates the body in a different, slightly different way. Like when you're doing a lot, pull, like a pull up, you see, you see my chin up bar there and the gymnastic rings. I'm a big proponent of body weight. I actually say on one of my posts that the most important piece of equipment is the floor. Like get yourself a thick rubber mat like I do, like I have here. Okay. As you can see. Yeah. Um, so that's the most important thing. Now, like as somebody who does like a lat pull, like a, sorry, a pull up or a chin up, if they get seasoned at that, they go to the lat machine and they're just going to, they're going to be so much stronger because your body, you're stimulating your body to do, to move its center of mass, right? Center of gravity. And when you're moving your body, it's a lot more stimulating for strength versus for the, for the a given size, while if you're going to do like um, the more weightlift, like the more bodybuilding version, which is a lot pull down right. or a bench press instead of uh, push-ups, push-ups with a weighted vest is amazing, by the way. Um, when you do that, you're, because you're not moving your center of gravity, you're, you're stimulating your body by saying, oh, you don't have to move yourself. So you have the body's like, oh yeah, let's get huge. So if you want to get big, then movements where you're not moving your center of gravity but if you want to get strong relative to the size, 
then body weight movements are great when you were talking. So when you uh, mentioned yoga, I even say, yeah, yoga, you know, because it's, you're doing what's called, you're, you're doing a hold. So right. in scientifically, it's called an isometric movement. You're not moving. So when you do an isometric, um, very stimulating. Uh, I've, you know, I've, I sometimes do isometric. I'll follow, I might follow an isometric workout on YouTube or something. And just a great way, different way to keep that tension because your, your body really uh, registers time under tension. You can, if you can tense it long enough and intensely enough, then you're still going to get growth and, and, and gains bands. I've got like bodies, like bands that go, that are like taller than I am so that you can do like thrusters, right. you know, it's like a squat and a press up at the same time. K- keep a couple of those um, go to, I think, what is it? Uh, Home Depot, grab some nice thick gloves, like these, these neoprene gloves. You can wear it. Like if you don't want to get, um, you know, some, some calluses or if it's a little comfortable, but keep those in your travel bag and you have your gym, like a couple bands of different strength uh, levels. And you got your gym when you're going about and doing your traveling and business trips and stuff. I love that. And, and that's what I like about your program is, and I really, um, I, I want to talk for a little bit about the, the 12 week kind of idea behind like, why did you pick 12 weeks? And what, what I'm hearing is that you really work with, you work with women who are basically working from home or entrepreneurs or on the go or busy, busy people. So you're not, my understanding is your program is not designed that you need to go get a gym membership and you need to spend two hours a day at the gym, you know, an hour doing cardio, an hour doing strength. Tell us kind of a, a, a summary of what, what that 12 week program is and, and what kind of big topics you cover in that. In the behavior change coaching, we do. So that is the coaching as right. opposed to my personal training side. Right. So okay. my coaching, my behavior change coaching, we talk about um, figuring out what your habits, what your values are. So there's one exercise we do early on. What are your values? So that you need three, like what are the three main values? Because those they start, these, these coaching tools stack up on top of each other. What are your goals? What are your um, objective goals? What are your behavioral goals? So objective is like, I want to lose X pounds usually. And then your behavioral goals, or I want to be X waist size or something and your behavioral goals are more i want to feel good in this dress i want to feel good you know going for a walk yeah. with my dog or something yeah um actually liking my exercise that's a behavioral goal. and then we do visioning work like who do you want to be who who are you who do you want to be what are your um one exercise we do are the 30 things towards so looking at the values that you have, what are 30 things? No, write it down. What are 30 things that, how is it getting, how are things going to help? Um, one of my clients this week, she's doing the five pillars. So that's looking at areas of your life, three areas of your life you've been successful at, and then breaking it down. What, what, why were you successful at you getting your degree, climbing the corporate ladder, raising your kids, whatever, break it down to a few steps. And then, and then, clump those aspects into different into into subset into sections so that like for me i think i have like systems and pragmatism and passion and so 
once you're out of this program, 12 weeks, which is usually about how much it takes, how long it takes to form a habit. Once you're out of this program and if you're like having hitches, you can look at your exercise, your homework that you did so that you can, you know, oh, okay, I'm good at this. So maybe I should focus on, maybe I should get some type of tool that helps me in this way. Um, so that is the behavior change coaching. Uh, it's out of England. One, uh, the, the founder, he, um, Tim, out of the Institute of Fitness Behavior Change, he was a personal trainer. You know, one of his clients wasn't really wanting to exercise, showing up, but didn't do their homework. And he was just started coaching. And so um, once he started coaching the client, rather than just watching them exercise, some people do need that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's when he saw change. Like my client, he was with me for, he's been with me for about a year and about two years now. About a year, he didn't, did not lose weight. And then, boom, uh, end of June, got onto the behavior change, 50 pounds gone, because the mental, um, we changed the mindset. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of, yeah, in terms of my personal training, um, yes, it's mostly bands or nothing, the floor. I start with nothing usually. Um, maybe I've got to have what's called the dip station, the Libre Bar out of Canada, um, I, I love my clients to use that because you can do so many things with that. But if they have kettlebells, then I can work it in. But they, I don't tell them to get it. Okay. If they have dumbbells, then I can work it in. But yeah, um, I want them to feel comfortable at home. Okay, I can bang off a workout. It's snowing outside. I don't have to go to the gym. This is my option for when I'm at home. Well, and if you can work out from home, you know, sometimes just like the, the thought of driving to the gym is the problem. It's not the gym. It's like, oh my God, I do not want to go outside. I don't want to have to deal with the traffic. I got nobody to look after the kids, you know, that kind of stuff. So if you can work out from home, you are so much farther ahead. So, um, sir, this has been wonderful. And I know we've talked about a whole bunch of different concepts here. So if, if we were to, if, if I was to put you on the spot and say, what is the one thing that you want people who are hearing this and we're talking about self-care this whole month, what is the one thing that you would like people to, to keep in mind about your conversation, about what you think is relevant for people who are trying to improve their fitness, trying to lose weight, trying to make these kind of changes in their life? Mindset. It's, I think mindset is the most important uh, when you're trying to improve your habits when it comes to fitness and nutrition and other healthy habits in, in your life. Love that. So re really, it all starts with mindset. If you can get that organized, you're mm -hmm. going to have success in the other things. And I think you've showed that in a few examples. So thank you for that. If people want to yeah. get hold of you, find out more about what you do or connect with you to either do your behavioral um, coaching or your um, personal training services or any other of the other services you offer, how can they reach you? S for Sam, J for Joker, G for George at sjgfit.com. That's my short email, sjg at sjgfit.com. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And I want to thank everybody for listening in to the D-Shift during our self-care series. And I encourage you to share this with somebody that you know and um, maybe help them have a better life as well. Thanks so much, sir. Thanks, Marty. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, 
head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.